Reporting is eligible is proudly supported by Appleton Coffee Company. If you go to appletoncoffee.com and use code RAE at checkout, you will save 15% this year. Again, that's appletoncoffee.com. Use code RAE at checkout to save 15%. Hey everybody, welcome to uh, the season is about to start episode of Reporting is Eligible. Uh, the Packers play the Vikings this week in the first game of the season, and uh, I, I'm so happy that football is back, honestly. Uh, I, the Brewers have been entertaining more so than normal lately, mostly because they've been playing in altitude, but man, I need a different sport to watch, and uh, I can't wait for this to start. College football was so great last weekend, too. There were so many good games. Wisconsin looked like they have a competent quarterback. It's also good. Uh, anyway, uh, we'll, we'll get to all that fun stuff uh, in a bit. Um, but uh, we have the the normal crew this week. Joining me from Urban Wauwatosa, as per usual, is hey, it's J.R. Radcliffe, trending sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Also, uh, also a fan of that Badgers game. We had what a hundred yard re- uh, interception return, ninety six or seven yard rushing touchdown, and Graham Mertz is going to have a better season than Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> he might. Uh, I, I'm trying not to get too excited because he had that Illinois game. Um, whenever that That's was, right. where he went twenty of twenty one. For and had four touch. How did that like? I didn't remember that game until I went and looked it up. How did that happen? I, I, I want to go watch it again and see like, was it all flukes? Was it all like Danny Davis making diving catches everywhere? Like what? No, it, he was just completely under control in that game. It was really, it was really astonishing. Like they didn't test the like depth of the field that often, but uh, it was his first game, so it made sense. Everything seemed just so right for a moment, uh, and it went. And I mean, they won their next game too. I believe they beat Michigan, so it wasn't like. You know, it wasn't like just a one hit. He wasn't as yeah. good in that game. But then, woof, boy, the cliff, the cliff came quickly on that one. Yeah, everybody just figured that guy out. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I thought he was accurate and poised and moved out of the pocket. Like it was, it was nice. It was good to see. And, and then, the uh, did did you see the LSU um, Florida State game? I did. It was beautiful. Oh, it was so beautiful. Um, it was. So, I, I tuned in for like the last ten seconds. And uh, normally I would complain when the last 10 seconds of a college football game takes 25 minutes to play. Not this time, though. It was it was glorious. It was so yeah. good. I'm not a huge Florida State fan either, but anytime anytime an SEC school can lose with some spectacular some spectacular meltdown, that's uh, the schadenfreude sensors kick right in, especially when you consider Brian Kelly's their coach. He's an easy guy to root against. It was uh, it was wonderful. Wonderful experience all the way around. Good yep. weekend, college football. Thank you. <laughs> All right, you've been really patient. I thought you were going to bust in there at some point. So, so uh, other person in Colorado, did you, did you see that game as well? Uh, you mean me? My name is Matt. I do mean you. Packing, packing company, we we are just Um, I did. I did <laughs> you watch. Okay? I did watch. Sorry, I I had one of the worst days at work in my entire career. So I'm sorry. I am drinking bourbon on the rocks tonight. This is not a bushlight kind of night. So mm. so this is a. A, a balancing out of the 40 pound block of cheese in your car yeah well actually okay so the story of the 40 pound block of cheese, should i should i just dive right into that you might as well yeah i mean 
We, okay, we, so my, we're a Packard podcast. We have a, a guy who actually makes cheese. We should we should lean so, into that a little bit. Also, like the amount of the amount of love that that thread gets on Twitter <laughs> makes me so happy because I was getting quote tweeted by like rival fan bases. They're like, "Hey, let's check in on Packers Twitter," <laughs> <laughs> which makes sense. Uh, yes, so, checks out. Um, there are two standardized amounts of cheddar to be sold on the CME, the commodity. Uh, market exchange or mercantile exchange. It turned into trading. Okay, okay, go ahead. It's literally is okay. So there's there's barrel and block. Barrel is six hundred and forty pounds, and a block is forty pounds. Um, we make forty pound blocks of cheese. Okay, and there was one that was destined to animal feed because it had some contaminant. Turns out the contaminant was like a two millimeter by two millimeter square of blue glove. So I took it home. All right, <laughs> and uh, made a whole thread about it, and I ended up cold smoking it with. Uh, cherry wood pellets nice and it is fun <laughs> sounds awesome all right because it's it hasn't aged at all so it's a super super mild cheddar and so it just took on smoke like crazy all right if this is your first time on our packer podcast i mean <laughs> this is very on brand we, we don't always talk about actual cheese but you know every once in a while it pops up so um b- before we do get to the vikings um can we can we make fun of the bears a little bit mm-hmm that's also a huge part of the reporting is eligible brand is yeah. finding time, finding that special moment to make fun of the bears. So uh, also Andy Schaff, Andy Schaff is also part of it and <laughs> coming up with band names. But, uh, mm. but I thought, I thought the whole midi pod thing was that the bears are actually competent now. So it's, it's an interesting left turn to go back to ridiculing them. How are we doing that? Oh, well, it's, a, it's a level of balance, right? It is. That's true. So we're doing it because the, they released their, their potential Arlington Heights move plans. Oh today. yeah. That was something. And else. they did just, uh, a hilariously bad job. So there's no real great way to do to be like, hey, we're gonna leave the city. Like you can't. There's not a good way to do it. But uh, th- their rendering wasn't done, and they did have a little disclaimer saying that this is not what the stadium will look like. But um, if it's, you you need to, it's make not that, gonna look like a forty pound block of cheese. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> their stadium, their stadium looked like a Stevie Ray Vaughan hat. We we had lots. Sure we had we had hats. We had cake. By the way, my wife agreed that it, with me that it looked like cake. But I can also see the 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 Jr. and Ruby hat case for sure. <laughs> How about you guys ever watch reboot? Uh, it was a no, 90s, never. Nineties uh, CG cartoon it, about no. like, the inside of a computer, and it's these people just like living inside of a computer. And anytime the the owner of the computer plays a game, this purple block comes down and like envelops part of the city. Anyway, the, it looked the like Bears the block. New stadium. Bears New Stadium looks like that. Okay, all right, cool. So just to put the the ridiculousness, uh, first of all, go look at it. This is not a visual medium. <laughs> <laughs> you can go see it on the Bears actual website. Um, but the, the stadium rendering was just a white box, and um, the white box, um, uh, um, our uh, Mike Bischoff, um, uh, a friend of the podcast and also visual arts designer, uh, mentioned that they clearly tried to have uh, a reflection on the white box. So. First of all, that's trying too hard. If you're just putting something in the place of the stadium that's not the stadium, just have it be a plain white box. You don't have to like have crappy visual effects that reflect the road across the street from it on the box. That's trying too hard. And then the funniest part for me, though, is they had a shot of the city from where the stadium would be. <laughs> and it, like from Arlington Heights is not super far from Chicago, but it's not close. And from their their shot makes it looks like they're like a hundred miles away from the city. It's just way off in the distance, and it's like rubbing it in. I think they meant to show that they're not that far, but they did the opposite. It was like just like hey hey suckers, uh, we can barely see you. Um, and then I posted the Google Maps. Uh, it's about as far to Miller Park 
um, from the new site as it is from Soldier Field. They're, That's incredible. They're only they're they're like uh, ten minutes of of driving time different. That's really all all it comes down to. So, yeah, because mileage sure. they're much closer, right? It's the driving time you're talking. It's about. really driving time. Yeah. How, what is the mileage? I have to confess, I didn't look. It, it's it's not that far outside of the city, though. It's probably like twenty miles outside of the city, and oh, okay. it's probably like fifty miles to Miller Park. But um, driving through Chicago takes infinity. So there you go. Well, I was I was gonna say um, because where I lived in Michigan, as the crow flies, was like forty miles to Chicago. Yeah. So like by boat, it would be closer. To, <laughs> That's about right. St. Joseph, Michigan. Now I, I do think the presentation is what was dumb. Um, the actual situation, I think, is really a sort of like classical Greek tragedy, where, where uh, in classical Greek tragedy, like uh, people are suffering for things they didn't control. It's just fate getting into you. And this all is kind of started by the fact that Soldier Field was a, a historic uh, landmark, a monument, something you can't really refurb too much. It actually had that status stripped from it when they built the space to- toilet inside of it and sort of ruined the aesthetic. <laughs> um, but... Fundamentally, the problem is it's on the museum campus. It's a historical monument, and you can't do really any development around it. It's the smallest stadium because it's got to fit inside there. There's no businesses around it other than the museums. And so, like, it just denies you a lot of, you know, every time somebody builds a stadium, it's like, this is going to help the environment, the city around it, blah, blah, blah. Like, Soldier Field just doesn't do that. It's far from public transportation. It's far from bars. It's far from restaurants. It's far from everything. If you're in the city, you're supposed to be close to everything. That's the whole point of the city. So, I, I, I kind of get it. Like, they really do have to move somewhere, probably, to be a modern team or get all the zoning changed on the museum campus, which Chicago is not going to do. So, like, Arlington Racetrack goes out of business. It's a big, huge chunk of land. It's really cheap. It's on the Metra. It makes sense. Like, this all makes perfect sense. It's just sort of unfortunate um, all around that it was there in the first place, which is sort of the Bears in a nutshell. <laughs> you know we had a discussion just about how football sports in general really are, there's there's maybe a little bit of a movement to get out of cities and get into the surrounding territories but I, I was looking i was looking at all the stadiums in the nfl specifically that have been built since 2000 there's a lot of them there's like 17 of them but only a couple of them really fit this description you've got foxborough the new foxborough which you know was always you know there so right that's not that weird east rutherford obviously the giants have you know have, the the jersey thing is is a long-standing thing so that's not that weird really it's just the the 49er stadium being built in santa clara levi stadium instead of san francisco like really <laughs> everything else is is downtown or i mean like glendale is phoenix and paradise is las vegas like not technically in the city but like is the city so um so this is an outlier this is unusual i know like the braves in in major league baseball just just did this where they moved way the heck out of atlanta but yep. um but this is this is unusual and uh i hear what you're saying it's just it, it, it doesn't it doesn't seem right that that chicago football will be anywhere other than you know close to the <laughs> close to lake michigan but i don't i don't see a way out of it right like there's no there's no way this this works out where they continue playing games at soldier field right like this I don't is think almost so. this is a done deal pretty much it, i think it's pretty much a done deal it, the city would have to do something frankly insane that, that that they don't really do you know they'd have to have a uh, a philosophical pivot to really change up here yeah. and the bears have uh, you know bigger eyes than just a football stadium they want they're going to dome this thing they want final fours they maybe want the draft like they're going to go after a bunch of stuff for their posh new stadium with lots of parking and hotels nearby um that's... which means you're going to get more packers fans than ever before yeah you, you Packers fans are going to run that place <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I mean, it's true. It's really, uh, it's a quick drive down from Wisconsin to what's going to be a big parking lot um, versus if going to Soldier Field's hard. I mean, you got to drive right. all the way through the city. You got to find a parking spot on the lake. Um, this is going to make it really easy for everybody up north to get there. So you're right about that, too. They might they might very well lose some home field advantage on this deal. Yeah. Cubs fans take over this town. Packers fans take over that one. It's a, it's a fair trade. Yeah. It's fine. I'm down with that. I'm good. So, I mean, I grew up not too far from Detroit and very close to the Detroit teams that aren't the Tigers because of the push to the suburbs. Yeah. It was but they really moved ni- into the city. They went the other right. way. It, it was, I'll tell you this, it was really nice to be able to get to sports without having to go into Detroit proper. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> but I do also like what, they, what D- Detroit did in putting their sports right next to each other. It's nice, and it's one of the better parts of Detroit to go out and do something in, even when there's not sports going on. It's uh, they did a nice job there. Yeah, they're kind yeah, of a nice facilities. I yep. was a 20 minute drive from Pontiac and a 35 minute drive from Auburn Hills, so it was it was pretty cool growing up near that. Yeah, having to go into the city. All right, the Minnesota Vikings have a newish stadium as well that is located pretty close to Minneapolis. Yeah, they did not go stupid outside. Stupid plastic roof. There's space age technology designed to reverb sound. It's plastic. All right, it's it, taut it, plastic. It's, if Soldier Field has a space toilet, what is what is U.S. Bank? Uh, uh, it's a bird bird destroyer? genocide. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, guys. You had a really adorable moment there. That's really touching. It does kill birds. Um, that is one of the big problems with it. it. Other than the bird genocide, it's a pretty attractive stadium. It, it, it's uh, They did a nice job. It, it fits in the skyline. It shows up when you are driving around the city. It's buy stuff. It's pretty good. Uh, it's a good It's a good place to see a game. It's much... I mean, it's competing with the Metrodome, which is like one of the worst stadiums of all time. But they did a good job on it. It's a good stadium. It's a fun place to go. Bad for birds, good for nepotism, yeah. because the Minnesota Vikings have uh, some familiar names, although the, the head coach, Mike Zimmer gone, Kevin O'Connell in, but a uh, lot of other familiar names on that coaching staff. The offensive coordinator is unbelievable. Uh, I, like, I literally like laughed out loud the first time I read who it was. So um, just we talk a lot about nepotism on this podcast in particular, and we've talked ad nauseum about the history of the Kubiaks and the Phillips, who have worked for each other in to various degrees for like 45 years now. <laughs> uh, and the previous two, two offensive coordinators ago for the Vikings was Gary Kubiak, the, the uh, elder Kubiak, former backup quarterback to John Elway on the Broncos and has been around the league forever. Zone blocking run, run scheme guy. His son Clint took over for him when he left because of course he did. And Clint's out now, but replacing him is freaking Wes Phillips. <laughs> and yes, his dad is who you think he is. <laughs> so, so um, we just, they just can't, I mean, they changed Kevin O'Connell's new, but nothing else is new. I, I don't, I guess I don't know what the Phillips offensive scheme is, but I bet it's very similar to the Kubiak scheme. <laughs> well, it's, it's like it's, Game of it's, Thrones. You got really four all families. Of, well, no, it's really all about the front seven. He's going to implement a really good 3 4 offense. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> It is like Game of Thrones. They're the freaking Lannisters, these guys. Um, yep. There's like four families that uh, that matter, that, that change sides, change alliances. Yeah. Uh, but so, it isn't just that, because Ed Donatel's up in there too somewhere, right? He is. He's the defensive coordinator. And like Ed Donatel hasn't done that much since he left the Packers. His Wikipedia page is like one paragraph long, which is really weird. Oh, come for, on. Ed Donatel, somebody, somebody go to bat for that man's wiki. Come on. 
the problem his problem is that he probably didn't write his own which you know a lot of people do <laughs> but he hasn't been doing that much i don't know how they decided to hire ed donatel he's just kind of been uh vic fangio um assistant since he left the packers to varying degrees he's been in charge a couple times but um he's a weird hire he's not a hot hire at all um i don't know why you get him he's a scheme well, the- change too like he I, I can understand keeping like a Zimmer guy around to do defense. Zimmer's good at defense, and you know that's what he brought to the table. Uh, changing it up from Zimmer uh, at all seems dumb if you're not having an elite guy do it. So I don't get it. Seems stupid. So it, it, he in 2007 was a special assistant for the Jets. Yes. Then a defensive coordinator in Washington. Yep. Then back down to secondary coach for the Broncos. There's a lot of that. Like and then <laughs> and then DB coach in the 49ers, DB coach for the Bears, then defensive coordinator for the Broncos. Kind of, I don't know. It just seems like they keep hiring him for the Broncos, and then he looks good because there's there's talent there. Yeah. Like like oh he was the DB coach when they had Champ Bailey. Like yeah you did a lot of work there, buddy. <laughs> I described him in the rundown. Just gonna quote myself as the uh-huh. Mike Pettin. Uh, Mike Pettin is to uh to to Ryan as as uh, Ed Donatello is to Fangio that's that's kind of how this works he's the executor for the the smarter person's scheme and the smarter person's not here although Mike Pettin is here <laughs> so so they got that going for him too uh real quick you mentioned the Broncos Matub I was doing a rundown of predictions going into the season that from national writers and uh somebody had the Packers playing the Broncos in the Super Bowl and losing 35-21 to the Broncos particularly cruel I think it was somebody with CBS Sports uh just uh, just a just a stab to the heart right there uh it would also I think be quite the surprise if the Broncos and Russell Wilson ended up going to the Super Bowl but uh but that was his call so I uh, just well, want to JR wise man once said Broncos country. Let's ride. National people love the Broncos skill position players. Um a lot like of people Jerry do. Judy. Like Jerry Judy. I <laughs> I I just do not. I, I do not think they're that good. They're fine. I think I think the fact that um what's his face that went down? Tim the the wide receiver. Tim Patrick. Yeah, okay. When the amount of Broncos fans that I know who have to be talked off cliffs after Tim Patrick went down, and it's like if your hopes are on a 29 year old wide receiver, who's never had more than 700 yards, like you probably don't have a good skill position. <laughs> Although the people that you were talking to are smart because he is probably their best receiver. So, right. And that's, that's, <laughs> I, I should, I should also point out that those are the, the people I'm talking off cliffs are my smart friends. Yeah. No one's who, who's like Melvin Gordon's going to get 1200 yards and, and uh, Cortland Sutton totally doesn't suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Mike Pettin brought other people with him. He brought Packers with him. So there's like Zadarius, like Zadarius, who's a starting edge rusher for yeah, except for, the for Zadarius. The, the Vikings named eight captains, and Zadarius was oh, not one of them. Yeah. Oh, that's a familiar refrain. Uh-huh. I didn't see that. Not going to go over well. Yeah, we were making fun of that a lot today. It was fun. Yep. So he plays week one, and then take, not take the it off. Oh, I tweaked <laughs> my back. He's gonna need uh, Mike. A you know I got a bad back. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to go rest up a little <laughs> so, bit. So mean. He was so good for the Packers for two years. So good. I do not want to disparage him, but the third season was an interesting journey. Um, <laughs> you know, between him and Danell Hunter, like Danell Hunter, I think is awesome. It's just isn't it just injury with him? So it it's kind of a bummer they have to face him right away out of the gate because you figure that two of their bigger impact players have some injury some injury history, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, it Danielle Hunter is great. He's legit great and. 
last year was really the first year he experienced any any injuries um so i wouldn't call him injury prone sure sure. Um, but I, i mean once when you do get hurt you are more likely to get hurt again that's just how that works and you know z is obviously very likely to get hurt again because he's z so um yeah the vikings are sort of an older defense and this is as healthy as they'll be all year when they're healthy they're formidable. They have a lot of good players. Uh, I think that they have the chance later on to suffer quite a bit. But um, with Daniel and Z, it's going to have it's going to be a tough task for the Packer offensive line. They're going to be able to generate some pressure. Uh, well, Z is more more skeptical. I'm a little skeptical about him. We'll see. But um, Hunter is great over on the other side, so it's going to be tough. And a lot of like, there's just between Patrick Peterson, Harrison Smith. Kendricks like these are names everybody has known for years there's no there's no secrets on this team if you're a Packers fan Cameron Cameron Dancer still there right yeah he's, he's still in the backfield he's, he's somewhere. newish um he's young yeah one of the so this is an area where the Packers I think have a pretty substantial advantage is the secondary that we have we have a dumb question not a, the question is good we have a question later about a dumb analyst um who, who called the Vikings secondary possibly the best in the league that's mm-hmm. that's silliness. So the, the Vikings have. Some... Wait, isn't Chanded Sullivan in their secondary? He is. Yeah, he's their corner. He's their nickelback. Um, so yes, that is correct. Um, but the, the Vikings are more of a big nickel team, they, so he might not. They're more likely to put an extra safety on the field, and that would be Lewis Seen. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I should find that out. Who's who's a rookie, like Raz Star? I think he's actually really good. Uh, he will play a lot with Cameron Bynum and Harrison Smith. They have good safeties, but like you just rattled off the corners. Here's what everybody needs to know about the Viking cornerbacks: Patrick Peterson. Uh, it, it was once really, really good at football, and now he's old and slow. Um, Cameron Dantzler is very young. But he is also slow. He's very, very slow. Uh, he tested poorly, Raz wise on tape. He's very slow. He, uh, 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 my fun, my my best Cameron Dantzler fact. Um, this is also a uh, a PFF grading rip. Uh, PFF doing better work lately. Not always great on the grading. Still, um, Cameron uh, Dantzler was the 17th overall corner by PFF grading last year. Almost all of that grade is based on his 90 grade in run defense. As a cover corner, he is a 67, which is not good, mostly because he's like Ladarius Gunter slow. Um, and, and then there, he the, runs a 4.65. Yeah, 4.65, not good for a corner. And then it's Chandon. Like those are their top three corners. <laughs> they drafted Andrew Booth, who is a he did not test because he was hurt. Um, he might be athletic. He might not. He didn't beat out Cameron Dantzler. So. They are not blessed with speed in the secondary. They get by on savvy and on relying on the safeties to clean up messes. So if you are looking for um, maybe Christian Watson or Romeo Dubs to do some work, sorry, Dobbs, got to get down the, d- down the field um, and maybe get a few like big boy over the top touchdowns, this is the team you can do that against. That's big boy. Over- hey, by the way, in the last two years, um, Second in the league in 50-yard-plus touchdowns was actually MVS. Yeah, he was. Aaron's good at throwing them. Should have been first if he'd have caught more of them. Yeah, I, I remember <laughs> he, had like, he had three deep drops. He did, at least. So, in the last two years. Uh, it is Lewis back. Seen, by the way. Lewis, Lewis Seen is Seen. correct. We got, right. one. we got one oh, on nice. the first try, even. I, I, I was going to call him Kine. 
That would have been weird. <laughs> That's clearly okay. not right. No one thinks it's kind. Here, here's, a, here's a fun fact about me. To this day, without irony, I refer to the singer as Bon Iver. Okay. You could... That's a common mistake. It is. Yeah. Well, my it's wife... not just not as fun to say as Bon Iver. Yeah. Right. My, my wife cringes every time I say it. And it's like, I promise you I'm not doing this on purpose. Like, In fairness, like his name is Good Winter, and he didn't spell it right. There's supposed to be an H apostrophe <laughs> in there to do that, so... So there we go. Uh, but fun fact about Cam Dantzler. Yeah. Um, normal BMI, which is incredibly rare in the NFL. Yeah, that is. That's very true. He's a, he's a 24 BMI. Even Christian Watson bean pole is like 25 and a half, which is overweight. Yeah. Uh, as someone who's, who parle un peu de français, uh, there isn't an H apostrophe, but typically when you refer to Leve, you have the L apostrophe for the, you have the article with winter. So it's a little, it's cheating a little bit. Just, just throw it. it's L apostrophe H. <laughs> it will spit up. I, I just want us to have our French very, very sound getting, on this show. Getting pedantic about French pronunciation yeah, is got to be the most on-brand middle of the show. <laughs> <laughs> we had a go. Uh, we were drinking on patios a lot over Labor Day weekend, as God intended, and uh, there was somebody who was. There, it was a conversation about which exit to take, and and someone. My my wife said the we were talking about something out in Lake Country and had had was had, had to exit the Shaniqua exit and somebody was like that's not right and they were looking it up on their phone and it's just like it's if it's if it isn't that one it's like a quarter mile away like very specific but that was a terrible story it's very specific to my circumstances <laughs> we should just edit it out that's not that interesting at all one take Jr that's how this fuck I, I live with a ten year old who corrects me constantly about every detail so that's that's maybe where my head's at on that one. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Viking secondary is bad and old and slow. So who said he was good? What analyst are we talking about? We can skip to that question. Well, yeah, let's okay, do let's do it. Where is that question? I have to scroll quite <laughs> no, a bit. We got to scroll down and find it. Uh, Who's it's the a speaker? Patri- it's a Patreon question. I do know that. Was uh, it Keekly? It, it, it was Luke okay. Keekly. Patrick yeah. Detmer. Patrick Detmer says Luke Keekly said a few months back yeah. that he thought the Viking secondary was the best in the NFL. Since I know this podcast weighs the spitball opinions of former all pros quite heavily in their advanced metrics. How concerned are you about the Packers ability to get the passing game going against this sudden <laughs> the sarcasm is so thick. I could spread it on toast. I love it so much against the suddenly vaunted Minnesota secondary. Oh my God. Patrick Detmer. Love it. That's a good one. That is oh good stuff. Well worded. Not worried at all uh, is the answer. <laughs> they are good at safety. Harrison Smith and Cameron Bynum are good players at safety. Um, but here's and, the concern. Oh, yep. I'm sorry. Keep going. Finish That's okay. With but the corners aren't. And like Patrick Peterson is, he wasn't great last year. He is 30. He's going into his age 33 season. The corners don't always age great. I, I, when I talked to Arif, I, I, I mentioned maybe they should move him to slot corner. They don't really use a slot corner. They just have like a nickel corner and they do safety in that spot. Um, but he was like, yeah, they should do that. Or not quite as, as glim, you know, glim as that, but, uh, they should he's he's not as good they, that's a problem Dantzler's a problem and Chandon you know if if you see Chandon on the field for the Vikings I would just assume the Packers are going to win the game <laughs> that's how not good they are Harrison Smith also entering his age 34 season and he never gets worse he is like immortal and amazing but at some point he is going to get worse like safeties don't age forever Here's the thing, though. Who's catching the football? Because Christian Watson is a major question mark. We don't know if he'll see the field. Alan Lazard is suddenly working with the rehab group. We don't really have a perfect yeah, picture on him. That's the biggest news tomorrow that's going to come out is how hurt is he or COVID is he or what? Yeah. Potential problem, yes. 
Because uh, now it's Randall Cobb, Romeo Dobbs, and Watson what? and and Watkins. If Watson, if Watson's healthy, like that, Watson's still a question mark too. They, he hasn't played any preseason games. Yeah, and then it's Sammy Watkins and running backs and a tight end here or there. Yeah. Okay. I think it's fine. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> uh, or Jawan Winfrey elevate somebody is, for the practice. Part. I this is fine. My is fine. so um, I think. Dobbs is good enough to, to to actually just go in for Lazard as a receiver, not as a blocker. Um, I think if that happens, let's say Lazard misses the game, I think you'll see a lot of um, Sammy Watkins on sort of heavy plays, blocking plays, being the leak-out receiver and doing Lazard dirty work. And then on longer plays, um, you'll see Dobbs in there as wide receiver one with everybody else. Um, I, I think Watson will play, and I think he, this is a hunch. This is based on jack squats. But I, I think he will surprise people, and I think that they will use him as an MVS deep shot hitter in this game. Um, and, and I think he'll do well at it. Uh, his speed is not coverable by their corners. It just isn't. He can run by anybody in the secondary with ease. Could be wrong. Right, so, think it'll happen. Well, so I'm looking at the Vikings depth chart right now. They're free safety. Cameron Bynum. Yep. With way too many Ys in that dude's name. That's a lot of Ys, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, he's good though. Yeah, I mean, he's he's okay. So he had three passes defense last year, one int, and twenty tackles. He, he had mean, he had like a seventy eight cover grade. He he was he was good at denying passes. Uh, he was a good cleanup guy too. He's young. He's right. twenty four. He's a good safety. I have nothing bad to say about Cameron Bynum. <laughs> but yeah, so just um, I I hope that the like hey may just 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 go run a nine. I hope that works, but no. I think that you're going to see a lot of sale trying to get in between uh, the slow corners and the good safeties. Yeah, I also think you'll see a billion passes to Amari, which I'm not happy about. That well, that's uh, not on my wish list, but I think it will happen. Amari uh, is both kick returner one and punt returner. He one, is. So. That's what the depth chart says. Yay. <laughs> Let's uh, make fun of more players on this team Sounds because good. on the offense we have Kirk Cousins, who's the quarterback. Yep. Uh, although not not the worst player on that offense, there are others who who will come to mind. But uh, you know, Cousins, Jefferson, Thielen. This defense, you know, supposedly one of the best that they've had in a long time. So they're gonna get uh, they're gonna get a decent test right out of the gate with these guys. They are. They're good. Their offense is generally good, and uh, this is no, I think, no exception. They might be really good because Mike Zimmer has not run good offenses with no matter who the coordinator's been. Um, and you can definitely blame some of their struggles last year on stupidity. They had more under center um, non-play action passing plays than any other team last year by like 40. It was like 93 to 53. And those just aren't efficient plays. Um, if you're going under center to pass, you should fake a handoff. It just is good sense. So if they are smarter about that, they will immediately get a lot better. Kirk's a really good play-action passer, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, so that's worth looking out for, but uh, they're missing Olabisi Johnson. He got hurt. That does hurt them quite a bit. Um, and uh, they added one of the worst receivers in football, which also <laughs> hurts them a little bit. So, um, Jalen Ragor, one of the many guys that I wanted the Packers to draft, not because I knew anything about him, but because he was a receiver at a time when I thought they needed a receiver. But uh, <laughs> what, is, what is wrong with this guy that, uh, I mean, what you've written on the rundown, I won't repeat, but it is uh, <laughs> definitely had me laughing as I read ahead. He's, he's dookie. This is, 
<laughs> this is one of those like um, learning moments for me when I was making ROPS work for college receivers. Um, and so Jalen Rager famously taken one pick before Justin Jefferson uh, by the Philadelphia Eagles. And he was a scouts. Uh, scouts all loved Jalen Rager in college. Um, blamed a lot of his struggles on bad quarterbacking, which he for he did have. That's absolutely true. But uh, he didn't test well athletically. He is a decent, not great athlete. Good explosion, not fast. Uh, actually, he's kind of fast. Not not wiggly, and not big. He he is definitely a looking for Debo kind of guy. That's the shape that Jalen Regor is. Um, but uh, he had no hands in college. He his target his catch percentage was super low. And for a Debo type guy, you can't have that. The whole point of a Jalen Regor is you throw it to him, and then he makes guys miss. And if he drops. Most of the balls, then it, it's not not useful, and that's what he did in Philadelphia. He couldn't catch anything, and uh, wasn't quick enough to escape tackles either. So, um, Rops hated Jalen Regor when combined with his athletic testing, it hated him even more. Hates Lavisca Chenault for the same reason. Um, I, I was I was humble at the time. I was like, okay, this is probably Rops' problem. It probably doesn't work that well on like slot receivers, on Debo guys. Like I can go back to the drawing board. I can figure out more stuff about them. We'll come back. We'll fix it. But no, he just sucks. He, he got <laughs> Rops was right about him and Chenault and everybody else that it saw with their profile and ever has seen with their profile. That it doesn't work when you have this profile. Uh, if you're going to be a good slot receiver, you need agility, which he doesn't have. You need hands, uh, which he also doesn't have. It, you know, Amari, for all, all the ripping we do on him, at least caught all the balls that were thrown to him, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is which is better than nothing. So they oh, dude, put the, put that on his trading card. Amari Rogers catches. I don't balls. know why they traded for Jalen Regor. They gave up real assets to get him. Um, Minnesota. Really? What did they give up? Uh, a conditional fifth rounder. Um, if he. It's it's like a it's a it has a de escalation clause, um, where it like I I forgot how it works. Well, like but if it, he sucks, it's a seventh. No, no, it's like if he's good, it's a four. It, 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 I forget I forget the way it goes. It can be a fourth somehow. Like if Jesus. yeah, um, but like he didn't play well at Philadelphia. He he was exactly what I thought he would be. Minnesota's front office actually has a reputation for being very analytically savvy, and. Regor is a scouts guy, so if you got a guy who likes him, okay, fine. But I, I don't get that one uh, at all. And if he if he costs KJ Osborne or Adam Thielen targets, because uh, all, all the Viking receivers are good out of the slot, including Justin Jefferson. Um, Jalen Regor can really only play either like jet sweep guy or slot receiver. He can't play outside. He robs them of that that advantage whenever he's on the field. It's a dumb, dumb thing that they got him. It's very, very stupid. I, uh, they deserve a lot of scorn for it. I hope he doesn't make me look stupid on Sunday, which happens <laughs> once in a while. But I'm pretty sure he sucks. So they get they get the better draft pick out of the two. The Eagles take the wrong guy, and then the Vikings screw it up. Screw up the uh, the win that they got by uh, exactly. by trading for him. Yes disappointing and you know i never mentioned dalvin cook when i was talking about their offensive key pieces but you don't think you don't think they'll get torched on the ground here against this team not I anymore mean, they didn't last time like like even with a healthy cook he had right like now 30 yards or something yep. yeah i do feel but like they also had a had z in there too didn't they yeah uh, I'm, I'm thinking back a couple years but i point. mean it's always a risk that the packers get torched on the ground by somebody but not not anymore that's over they they 
They have the horses now that they're not going to ever get gouged on the ground again. It's just not going to happen. Jerron Reed and Kenny are going to be too big. And the the linebackers are good. They're like uh, Campbell and Quay are going to be awesome in the middle. So um, the only place they're vulnerable is Rashawn Gary setting the edge. That's pretty much it. But even if he sucks at that, and he probably will, um, I still think they have enough speed on the inside to chase guys down. So I think they'll be okay. I don't know. Last year I tweeted many, I, I looked through, tweeted a lot. Like as I live and breathe, Rashawn Gary actually setting the edge once in a while. But <laughs> it sticks out when he does, you know. <laughs> how really many how, how many sacks does he need to offset the fact that he doesn't set set the edge well? 14. Oh, not not like ten or twelve to to. Oh, mid, that's to, that's to, fine to break even. Yeah, that's yeah. You're gonna get that. You're gonna get I'm, that. I'm not probably not even that much because it's running the ball. Who cares? Um, and they have guys to clean up the rest of it, so it's fine. So but, analytically. A sack is, isn't it like one third of an interception? Something, something like, like that. I, I don't even know. You know what? I don't know. That could be wrong. <laughs> I, I neither confirm nor deny. It's a, it's a good play. Like it, it makes it very likely that you'll punt. So yeah, that sounds about right. All right. So stopping Jefferson, you think because maybe because Regor is on this team that they will be, uh, they will, they will, they will be able to do that. They'll be able to dedicate enough resources to stopping that guy. I'm trying to remember. I don't know this offhand how they've done against Jefferson over the past couple of years. Have they? Have they? I mean, obviously he's burned everybody, but has have they done okay comparatively? I mean, I would say league average. I actually don't know. That's a good question. Um, I will try and look it up while we're doing other things and let you know. <laughs> so, can I just say stopping Jefferson is the name of my next Christopher Guest movie? <laughs> <laughs> There it is. You can. That's great. Well done. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I also don't know if you know Jair was in the lineup when they. I, I'm trying to remember where the Vikings even were on the schedule last year, so that may not be a may not be a fair thing. But you know, with the with Brazil, having both Brazil and Jair at full strength is going to be really really fascinating. I, I assume that just means well, Brazil is your, uh, your slot guy. He's yeah, pretty he's middle of the as... pack. They've done a very nice job on Justin Jefferson. Actually, he. Uh, so he's played four games, and he only has 279 yards total over those four games, only two touchdowns. Um, he catches about 68% of his passes, which is, eh, it's okay, but it's not great. They've really kept him in check. Uh, he, they've done a very nice job against him so far, so that's good to see. Uh, their offensive line is interesting because Derisaw is, is going to be – he's their top draft pick this year, correct? I think it was two years ago. Wasn't two years it? ago. Sorry. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, and and their center is Garrett Bradbury. Yeah. <laughs> Garrett Bradbury, I know that they have taken advantage of in the past, yeah. and uh, I know that you are not very high on him. Is that still the case? <laughs> it is. He's bad. Uh, he is. He's He sticks out. You don't want your center to stick out as being bad. You want them to not be noticed, like Josh Myers. Usually didn't really notice him. Lucas Patrick, too. Uh, you know, kudos to the Bears. Got a guy who didn't really stick out his center. He gets just bull rushed into the backfield a lot. He can't really pull. Um, he's very weak, I guess I would say. It, it, I don't want to call a football player weak because he could kill me with one you, blow. You could but, say relatively. Um, relatively not strong as a center. He was tw- 29th by PFF grading last year, and that honestly sounds a little bit generous to him. Um, he's a huge weakness, and uh, he was mentioned by name 
on the J.C. Treader piece about who J.C. Treaders called to see if they would give him a workout, <laughs> which was hilarious because it was definitely ripping on Bradbury. <laughs> but uh, they didn't, and they definitely should have because he's a huge weakness. The rest of the line's okay. It, it, it goes between average to good, but uh, he sticks out for being quite bad, and they haven't replaced him. So it, it, when you have Kenny Clark and Reed and maybe Devontae Wyatt on the other side, that is a scary place for the Vikings to be. Up the middle pressure is the worst pressure for quarterbacks. How Garrett crazy! Bradbury, I was going to say Garrett Bradbury, RAS superstar. Uh, I don't know what the deal is. May have a Sprig situation four, on our hands. Four five shuttle, seven four three cone, thirty four reps and bench. So thirty four reps and bench. Yeah. yeah, but he's weak. And what he can't the play. heck? So, like, <laughs> play stronger, Garrett Bradbury. Jeez. <laughs> See. This goes back to my point that the push press or the Viking press should replace the bench press as it's a more of a full body display of strength. The one, I've, the one thing I've learned is all modern weightlifters think that the bench should be out of the combine. It, and I mean, it, it really doesn't tell you anything. It's not predictive of very much. I remember PFF did a thing where it was a little predictive of running backs. Um, the Successful running backs tend to have high benches. I suspect it's just a proxy for working out generally. That's my my guess, but I don't know. Maybe I don't know, but like I can go bang out ten reps at two twenty five, which makes me stronger than some skill position players. There's no way in hell that I could hold those guys at the line. (laughs) Right? It's ridiculous. All right, so we've talked a lot about the Vikings. Yeah. Picked picked apart their holes a little bit, but this is kind of the team that's seen as the top competition in the North for the Packers. Although uh, maybe the, maybe the Lions sneak up there this year. I don't know. Um, I, think, I, I think the I Lions saw, are a nine and nine and eight team. Yeah. Well, and honestly, that's where the Vikings could be too. It depends who you ask. I think the Vikings are really all about health. Um, if the defense stays healthy, they'll be able to weather having new coordinators. But I, like, there's so many old guys that are important. I I just think. A normal attrition is going to get them and they're not going to be able to scheme up on it. So I think they fall back. I agree. It, it just uh, comes down to that lucky piece of the game. Okay. So that's a season thing, yep. but this is the first game of the season. So yeah, it sucks uh, how did the it sucks to play yeah. right now, <laughs> especially at their place where yep. you may not have your two top linemen rehabbing off of an ACL. Although that's also very unclear if Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari are going to play. So, um, but I, I would imagine even though we're poking holes, into their team that this is maybe a toss up at best for the Packers. Like they could, they could easily well, drop this Vegas, game. Vegas has Packers minus one and a half. Yeah. Vegas likes them. Interesting. They do. They do. Interesting. They did. Vegas did not watch the first game of the 2021 season. <laughs> That's one of the biggest question marks I actually have is they just don't seem to be good at these under LeFleur. But uh, I, I think they'll be okay in this one. Uh, the offensive line is a big deal. If they go in without both of them, then Zedarius and, and Daniel Hunter probably make life miserable i think that that swings it to the vikings if they have one of the two i think they'll be in decent shape if they get both of them shouldn't be a problem if you neutralize the viking pass rush they'll eat up the secondary all day even with new slash unproven receivers it does sound like one of the two like it sounds like elton jenkins could play yeah it does i think it'll be okay bakhtiari i'm not so sure about yeah and i mean again do you want he's had so much trouble coming back from this injury do you want him on turf or whatever that's called <laughs> to, uh, you know, to, to open up the season. I don't know, man. Um, but you also think that if Watson plays that this, well, understandably, if, especially if Alan Lazard is out, that he would get the big play opportunities that, that would be available in the secondary. 
and Dobbs too. This could be this oh man. If Dobbs takes off in this game, Packers Nation is going to lose its mind. It's all the first game is always a referendum on everybody, but yep. There's so much around that guy. If he has a good game or a bad game, people are going to react very strongly to it. I just have a feeling like the the official depth chart came out today and um I I it, somebody I think it was Tex at Acme Packing Company pointed out how they have the edge rushers listed in terms of backups where Rashawn Gary uh, has JJ behind him, has JJ Enoch Barry behind him, and the other two, the special teams uh, trash, are behind Preston. Um, and it's a weird way to split it up to not like list them all behind all or whatever. And if you go to the receivers, Christian Watson is just right behind Sammy Watkins, and Romeo Dubs is right behind Alan Lazard. And uh, like, I like that they just put them as like the immediate backups. I think it it uh, it tells me that they have some faith in both of them. And I have watched way too much Christian Watson now, and it has probably warped my brain and made me more of a fanboy than I should be. Um, <laughs> but everybody refers to him as an athletic, raw prospect, and a lot of that's because he didn't run the full route tree at North Dakota State. They didn't play a lot of passing downs. I get all of that, um, but he's if you go, he's a good route runner, and uh, he runs enough of the route tree, especially the deep route tree, where he's not just necessarily a nine ball guy. He, he runs a good deep post. He runs a good crosser. You can run mesh with him. Um, he's a good blocker, and he is a uh, he's very smart for a uh, for a football for a person. He got a thirty eight wonder lick. He is um, he is an above average intelligence player. I just think he's gonna like learn things quickly and, and show up faster than people think. So I am cautiously optimistic that he's going to. Um, he's going to be a quick developer, not a slow developer. I think he is less raw than people understand him to be. And he can learn by being the nine ball guy and, and work on other things. So I think he will. And this is a good game for it because nobody can run with him. Like nobody on the Vikings can keep up with Christian Watson if he can actually go out there and run. And how about the how about the running game? You think you think that you can run on this team? Maybe this is a Jones Dillon showcase as well. Uh, yeah, they're, I think the Packers will run well all year if they have their line intact. The, the, Jones and Dylan are awesome. The, they're the, yeah. Go ahead, Matt. The expected Jones bounce back by the fantasy loyalists is surprising to me. <laughs> well, I agree with that. Um, Jones is going. His ADP is like three or four rounds higher than AJ Dylan, and I think that that is backwards. Hmm, that does surprise me. Yeah. I think they should be at least even. I, people overrate Jones receiving. The Packers that's exactly it. The Packers might too, though. I mean, that is. I think that's fair. They view him. He's been around longer. He runs deep patterns for them, um, and Dylan runs short patterns and in space patterns for them. So I do get that. Um, but I agree with you. I would have Dylan ahead of Jones. I think he's much more likely to get more carries and be more involved in the passing game this year. He's good at it. All right, any last thoughts before we move into questions? Uh, just a little worried about Mason would be my last thought. Oh yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Who just worried about Mason is actually my next. Oh my god, <laughs> is my next Christopher Guest movie. I mean, don't, could they could they elevate Ramiz Ahmed here because they you could. would give him another week? I guess they, yes, could. they could. It'll be interesting to see if he's actually ready to go and, and whether he was hurt or if he just had the, the veterans' time off. Also possible. Um, but uh, I think it's worth being a little worried about Mason, who is what if they, an old what man. What if they just kept Mason at cutdowns to keep Rodgers happy because they cut Winfrey? That's silly. Win- <laughs> Nobody cares about Juwan Winfrey. Aaron Rodgers does. <laughs> he was praising Sammy Watkins this week, if you want to keep an eye on something. so 
Yeah. I, <laughs> so when uh, he was praising Sammy Watkins, I think Zach Cruz was the one who tweeted, and I, I responded with, oh, crap, he's going to get cut now, too. <laughs> this is like the vote of confidence now that ownership gives a, a manager or a general manager in the week before they cut him. Yep. Yeah, either you say nothing and people are like, oh, he's not saying anything. He's going to fire him. Or you give him a vote of confidence. Oh, he's definitely going to The old him. vote of confidence. Yeah. That's it. Though. All right. Other than that, let's do questions. Let's dovetail right into it. Patreon questions, starting with Jay Google. How much <laughs> ayahuasca should we smoke <laughs> on Sunday for the game? <laughs> really favorites on the road? That's what. Well, uh... I actually, I've got good news for you, Jay. Uh, you don't smoke it. You drink it. So <laughs> you can have it Very during easy. the game. So, so just keep an ayahuasca cocktail next to your TV. All the rage. How much? Now. How much ayahuasca research have you done this Me? off season? Yeah, you. I had okay. So did I tell you that I used to be a JRE listener once upon a time? I don't know what that is. Same. Uh, Joe Rogan experience. Oh <laughs> no, you the didn't. Name of the podcast. <laughs> I thought it was like I thought you were saying GRE, like the graduate test. Yeah. I'm really confused. So years ago, prior to the pandemic the joe rogan podcast was literally just like him and a bunch of his comedy bros going like hey smoke some weed eat some elk maybe swing a kettlebell once in a while have a good time and like that was the podcast and it was awesome and then it got like into the weeds and he started having alec jones on and but yeah so i'm aware of dmt and dmt culture okay because of that had no idea it was a thing had to google myself so oh man <laughs> Uh, sorry. Yeah. Usually it's just it swearing the, out did loud. The, so the Rockies just win or something. No, but they got real close. <laughs> they pulled their starter at 90 pitches, and the guy has given up four runs with no outs to make a 6-1 game a 6-5 game. Because of course, the Brewers can't just play a normal game where they win by a bunch of runs. It's always got to be this. Isn't their start is Brandon? It was Brandon Woodruff, yes. He was very he good. Was awesome. And, and they took him out. He had allowed two hits in, eight, in seven innings. He threw 90 pitches. And they're like, nope, let's do something let's else. Let's bring in Louis Perdomo, <laughs> who is not a good pitcher. And uh, this is why. Okay, so I, I'm, I'm, I know I'm going to regret asking this. Um, yep. When you're playing in Colorado, uh -huh. is it better to have a fastball pitcher than a junk pitcher? Uh, so... No, it's not. <laughs> okay. Um, the reason is because fastball pitchers are still reliant on movement as well, and they lose it too. So it's not really good to be anything uh, <laughs> at, at all. There's no. There's it's no not like good to be a pitcher. It's, it's not good to be a pitcher, generally speaking. And it really is just like good pitchers are still comparatively better and bad pitchers are comparatively worse and it doesn't really matter what kind of pitcher you are also there really aren't junk ball pitchers anymore like everybody throws 95 that's it, just how the game has gone Jesus. on the one thing i've never looked at is how knuckleballs work up there should look into that sometime they they would dance quite a bit more without the uh, bernoulli effect to stabilize and less resistance mm. so you'd expect the knuckleball to have a lot more dance all right sweet physics yeah too. i don't know baseball but i know physics Mark Putscarby asks, how much do you expect Dobbs and Watson to play this weekend? If Jenkins can't go, how confident are we in the Newman Hansen right side of the line? So those okay, are we got to answer the second half of, of Jay's question. Yeah. Yes, we are favorites on the road, but I'm putting money on the Vikings. Really? Mm -hmm. I think the, I think the Vikings, uh, I mean, even Odd Shark has the Vikings by two. All right. And just, I think it's, I, I do think that, the stuff that you say is going to be there is going to be there, but it's not going to be enough. Like there's going to be one or two awesome looking home run balls and then everything kind of falls apart. Fair enough. 
Uh, if Lazard doesn't play, they'll both play a lot. Yeah, if Lazard that's... does play, they will. Dobbs will still, I think, get like four to five targets, um, and Watson will be used more sparingly. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I still have a hunch that they'll they'll play a lot. I, yeah. One of the ways to actually put pressure on the Vikings secondary is to go uh, with more receivers than they're used to seeing. Uh, the Packers like to go heavy. I actually would spread them out a little bit. I'd get Shannon on the field. Like I would. I would make them put Shannon on the field and then just go after him as much as possible. That would be how I would start the game, and I think that they will. Um, Newman and Hanson on the right side, not confident. Um, don't don't <laughs> don't care for either, especially Hanson. So, n- not a big fan. Hope if that if Jenkins and Bach both don't go, I, I kind of flop to the Vikings too. I think that that's a yeah. pro- that's a problem. <laughs> and my my prediction is based on one of Bach and Jenkins not going and Lazard not going. All right, Justin Sayan asks, excluding special teams for now, is pass offense the weakness of this team? And if so, when was the last time that was the case? Uh, no say. Probably yes. Um, it's either that or safety. Um, I think. I mean, safety. Safety. If you get the starters, is not the the <laughs> weakness. I, yeah, I, 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 I'm not big on Darnell still. Amos is great. That that much is true, but. Um, it might be, but Aaron, I mean, Aaron is still like, you know, one of the five best quarterbacks in football. And I don't think the receivers are terrible. Like this isn't a Bill Schrader, old Antonio Freeman, Corey Bradford team. This is, this is better than that. So what was that? was 2003, something like that. Yeah. So uh, dark times, but, but uh, yeah, so that would, that would answer the other part of that question. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I guess that is right. Yeah. So 2003, <laughs> but, but, uh, it, it's, uh, it, I don't think it's that bad. Um, so everything else is just lack of depth, but I guess technically maybe it's the passing game. If you want to break it down further, um, if without Bach and Jenkins, it's the offensive line. It, if you want to get more granular, it's tight end, but yes, probably broadly it's, it's the passing game. I called it 2003 was good, good work. <laughs> was Freeman's return to Green Bay after his year in Philly. He played in 15 games, started zero, was targeted 22 times for 14 catches, 140 yards, no touchdowns. I just can't believe Bill Schrader was the best receiver on the team for multiple seasons. Lacrosse's finest. <laughs> A lot of Bill Schraders in the Wisconsin sports orbit. Yes, yes, there are. And yet the Packers still went 10-6 and six and won the North. I'm on Green, man. <laughs> What do we think on the spelling of this next name or uh, pronunciation? I should say, is it? You think it's Yakel Gomak? I think Yakel Gomak. Yes, I do. Okay, all right. Otherwise, I mean, it, Jakey Guacamoles. It could be Jakel Gomak. I mean, but I think it's probably Yakel Gomak. On the baseball pod, um, Ryan called him Jackal Gumak, which <laughs> we immediately made fun of. Oh my God, the Brewers are losing. Oh. Are, I swear to God, or it's tied. They're not losing, but. Uh, dude okay all right yakel uh going to my first packers <laughs> game as an adult making a point to get in early to watch the pregame any recommendations on what who to watch during warm-ups warm-up line uh o-line's good i agree with that um I-, I like watching backup quarterbacks throw but that's because it's been jordan love lately but they do a lot of it so it's a, it's a good thing to do um but o-line i think i agree with that it, get a good sense of first of all who's gonna play and uh, they're they're the most fun to watch get loose. So I'm with you. Kicking is fun too, but I mean you can. It's just like wow. Um, so <laughs> that's high. That's all. <laughs> Enjoy the game. It's a good place to see a game, and there's fun stuff to do around the stadium. 
Alex Lamers says, are we expecting Jair to shadow Jefferson? How do you think the Packers will deploy the defensive backs? I don't think they'll shadow. Uh, I think Jair will start as the slot corner against the Vikings. They like to work through the slot um, and they like to rotate guys through the slot to take advantage of subpar corners. So I suspect they'll leave Jair there because um, a lot of Viking play design will be to go to that specific area. And as good as Jefferson is, uh, that's probably smart because forcing him outside makes him slightly less good. And I don't want to say bad. He's still very good as an outside receiver. But if he ends up with Stokes or Razul on him outside, that's maybe a better matchup than Jair inside. Um, and letting Jair just go after Thielen and uh, an Osborne is a perfectly fine way to deploy things. I don't think you chase this team. I don't think you shadow. I think you, you play slots and spots in this game, and that's the way to tackle the Vikings. All right, PJ Vessels, more points by the Brewers or the Packers this week. Sure, count the six from Monday <laughs> and however many from Tuesday, which is another six. Granted, they managed to give up five in one half inning. How many position groups are the Vikings better than the Packers? So these are two different questions. More points yeah. by the Brewers or Packers this week. I do think it'll be uh, the Brewers have that doubleheader on Thursday. They do. Brewers are gonna, they're going to have more. They're going to have more. Um, the offense has actually been good. So you know they're they're okay and how many position groups are the vikings better than the packers i think it's a pretty good question it is a good question let's see um one what's the one uh no actually so receiver off, for sure yeah off, off the top of my head receiver um Offense, better safeties it went healthy not line when healthy but what do you think about with one or two of the the big guys without bach and elton yeah but i mean just Bradbury's so bad. He is. Like, have have I made a Fahrenheit four five one joke yet? Nope, probably not. Does anyone get that right? I do because it's Bradbury. Yes, it's Ray Bradbury wrote the book. Yeah, yes. he we, gets torched a lot. We're very uh, literary <laughs> around here. Um, so running back, I think the pack. I actually like Jones and Dylan better than Dalvin at this point, but he's still like very Jones good. If you want to call it a push, I'd be fine with that. Uh, fullback, def definitely the Vikings. I got a question for you. Yeah. Uh, what about punt returner? Jeez. Oh, Vikings, Vikings punt returner is your favorite is, wide receiver. Jalen Naylor? Rager. They moved Rager? Oh, yeah, because he does that, doesn't he? <laughs> He's not bad. He's actually not a bad punt returner. He's okay. Um, See, I, I went to their depth chart expecting Patrick Peterson to be listed like deep on punt returner. Yeah. He's not. He's not even third or fourth. Is Naylor backup at least? He should be. Yes. Okay, that's good. Um, yeah, right. Naylor, Naylor's backup but he's listed as questionable all right so the vikings have the better fullback in cj ham that's for sure <laughs> um <laughs> defensive line um that's the packers obviously um right no 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 mm -hmm. okay uh, outside linebacker i think is the packers daniel and zedarius are very good i do think rashawn gary and preston are slightly better agreed all right inside linebacker um probably the green bay eric hendricks is yeah. very good um, and it's a little speculative because we haven't seen Quay Walker play yet, but Devondre Campbell was the highest graded inside linebacker in the league last year. And uh, I like that a lot better than Jordan Hicks. Um, so, yeah, I think so. Uh, corners, yeah. definitely Green Bay. No question. Safety's definitely Minnesota. Um, yeah. I, I didn't count how many groups that was. So, but we went two and a half. Two and a half. Because yeah. you can't really call fullback. I was kidding. They just have one. It's fine. I was going to say, like, in Madden, A.J. Dillon is the fullback. Yeah. And he's really good. Oh, also, um, Mercedes, when you move him to fullback, his overall goes up like 10 points. Of course it does. <laughs> All right, let's move on.
All right, Price Trozine. My question is threefold. Jeez. Will <laughs> three? Will, <laughs> will anyone on the Packers be reporting as eligible this season? Ooh, good yes, question. Zach, Zach Tom. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Two, if so, who? Zach Tom. Three, if it's not Zach Tom, what are we even doing? <laughs> it's gonna be Zach Tom. Gotta be Zach Tom. <sighs> well, it's. I mean, isn't he? He has. He has a linebacker's number. He's built like an outside linebacker. Yep. Put him in at tight end. Julius Peppers ran a ran a slant that was too I have, good. I have a dark horse candidate for this as well. I, I'm not sure he has to report as eligible. I I forgot. Um, if Jair plays receiver, does is does his number count? He he's 23, right? I think. So then, yeah. So yeah, he can, okay. So he doesn't. He's just automatically eligible. So never mm-hmm. mind. Yeah, Zach Tom is the answer. You think they're going to play Jair? <laughs> they always talk about it. I think they'll do it once. Uh, it, the only reason I think they might not is his shoulder, I think, is still a little bum. But uh, they, they, they mention every chance they get that they have him running with the offense sometimes. So they're, they're waiting for it. It'll happen sometime. Uh, Price also points out, also, Don't Let's Start is a great Come On Football intro song. I don't know what the hell any of that means. but That was uh, either the intro or outro music to the podcast last week. It is a it. great song by They Might Be Giants. Very good. Flaley Joel Osment says, how much disguise blitzing are we likely to see this season? Seems like the lack of meaningful edge depth would necessitate some creativity. I don't really think so because they are able to generate pass rush from other places. Like Kenny gets up the middle just fine. Uh, I think Jaron actually is a decent pass rusher too. And they, they can, if they need to on third downs, uh, I think move Quay Walker to a essentially an edge position as well um, to get a little bit extra. I mean, maybe that's a blitz if you want to count it as a blitz, but uh, uh, splitting hairs. But like Preston and Gary are fine. I think JJ is fine if they have to use him, and they can they can do like they can rush four and get pressure with a lot of different packages because the defensive line is so strong too. And Lowry's a good pass rusher. It's yes. it's really all he can do, and not all he can, he's okay, but. He, that's his job on the defensive line is to generate pressure, and he's good at it. All right, we're moving to Twitter questions. Ryan Ziegler asks or says, you are in charge of game day operations and have decided starting players are getting walk-up music for intros. <laughs> One player has come to you to help them pick a song that will make them stand out. Who is the player, and what song are you picking? Um, I'll take... Zach Tom, oh. make a man out of you from Mulan. Wow, okay. Interesting. <laughs> specific. Wow. <laughs> I okay. I, I got. I I get you. All right, that's fine. I think I, I go Jair and I go um, Super Sex by Morphine. Ooh. Oh my God! You guys are going. <laughs> you guys are way off the reservation. I, this is a. This is something I wasn't expecting. I don't. I don't even. I can't even come up with one as fast as you guys can. Um. I don't know. AJ Dillon, something by the Doors. I know that's not exactly See, they, that's fire really you up. Great. Yeah. It's not exactly fire you up music. Um, what would it be for Aaron Rodgers? We got to come up with something crazy. <laughs> oh, oh, it would be. Um, Is uh, it something from Dark Side? No, it would be condition. Uh, just dropped in to see what condition my condition. Oh, that's was great. Ah, uh, yeah. yes. That's you, yes. you. You nailed it. You got it. That is too perfect. Well, well that's, done. that's that's the one. That's yep. the one. <laughs> All right, uh, Sam asks, uh, Matt LaFleur always says he wants to go with his best five on the OL, and yet he had Lane Taylor play over Elton. <laughs> Lucas Patrick, he thinks, over JRJ, and now Newman over Tom. Why does he favor vets over rookies when it's clear the rookies are better? Because he still has big football brain. He does have big football brain to some extent. Shanahan guys actually 
have a lot of big football brain. They've they've hit on this one good sort of analytically savvy secret of if we put a bunch of big guys out there, they'll put big guys out there to stop them, and then we can pass against the big guys, which is a good, smart thing to do. But it is a football brain strategy because it involves a lot of big guys out there. So, um, <laughs> so that's what you're going with there, and that's why, like, um, it, it is a experience matters. These guys are tired, trashed, and into 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 trenches, and we're gonna stick with them till they prove something. So that's you what could, you're going. You could literally see the spirit of John Madden manifest behind you. <laughs> as you but that that is why. So they, is it possible that there is just because offensive line is as much about coordination as individual talent? Is it possible that the veterans get the benefit of the doubt because they're better communicators or that they have the trust of the other guys on the line? I, I'm kind of just devil's advocate. No, you, you're right. So I'll tell you the former O-line people that I know all say that that chemistry is a really important part of it. Actually, a big outsider study like 10 years ago showed that offensive line continuity from year to year was I think the best predictor of offensive line effectiveness from year to year. So um, it does cost you to change any individual position. So that's true too. It's a, and it is a good point uh, in this specific instance this year. Uh, it's, I don't think a lot of these guys have established a ton of like Royce Newman. Like if he steps out, are people going to be like, Oh man, we knew where Royce was going to be. It was five yards in the backfield. Like that's not going to, that's not useful. That's so, yeah. But Lane Taylor, he's good. That that checks out more. You know, if that makes more sense. Yeah. Southpaw asks on a scale of one to ten, how hilarious will it be when the Bears build a dome? <laughs> we need to talk about this. <laughs> not not that hilarious. I mean, it, it's it's not. They should do it. They should do it. it. It outdoor football is better, but I don't think it's that big a deal. Honestly, it's fine. Um, being outside in the cold actually kind of sucks. I I will I will go on. I am pro roof in a lot of sports. I may as well extend it to football. Yeah, like I, so I like Lambeau, but I hate being at Lambeau when it's negative twenty. It's not fun. It actually. I don't sucks. know, man. I had a riot at the at the divisional game. I had a good time at this last one. It wasn't that cold, but I've like it was. Here's the thing, though. It was blistering. It was negative. It's I, just I, I don't know why. Maybe just, I just I prep better. Got... I don't know, but like the the Giants cold game was miserable. It was very bad. <laughs> Oh yeah. my God! The Brewers got doubled off to end the ninth. <laughs> so they're going, going to on, lose. Going they're into the tenth. Bottom of the bottom of the ninth. Bottom of the ninth. They're definitely going to lose. Absolutely lose this yep. game. There's no scenario where they win. All right. Arlington Heights. Dustin Evilly asks or says many people Dust- are saying. Well, hold on, hold on. Let's get his name Dusty. right because it's not. Yeah, okay. I thought you said Dustin. <laughs> you said Dustin. <laughs> I said Dustin. I think yes, so. <laughs> I'm looking at Dusty. Like, I don't know why I would have said Dustin. Like, that's very formal I'm, of you. <laughs> I'm, I'm for Clemson. because because the Brewers are getting dusted, dusted. Yes, uh, guys, I'm really unhappy. Dusty says <laughs> many people are saying that all you need to do is win a game, is to have the running back rush for 100 plus yards. Last year the Packers only did this one time. So my question is, why do the Packers hate winning? <laughs> Kudos to Dusty for asking on uh, the NFL. What is it? The NFL 365 account, the communications yes. account tweeted a very large stupid stat about the 100 yard rusher getting you to a win and uh, we're making fun of that that's all so they hate winning because they you know they hate old-timey football that's all so uh, i just wanted to include dusty because dusty's awesome when this was brought up yesterday i posted that picture of the uh the plane survivor this yeah the survivor bias plane i love the survivor bias plane everybody should know about the survivor bias plane do you know about this chair 
Uh, no, I do not. Matt, so, Matt please wor- do explain the survivor bias plan. In World War II, uh, planes that were not shot down but were heavily damaged and made it back were studied. And they made a chart of where the most damage happened to these planes, and they added more armor to the spots where these surviving planes had been shot. Not realizing that the reason that these planes survived is because they were shot in non-critical areas. Yep. And so they were putting armor in the opposite places that they should have been. Yes, and, and an apocryphal engineer realized this and instructed. Uh, depends on which country you're from, but the U.S. military to to add armor to the places that weren't hit on the surviving planes, uh, because if they get hit, that's when you crash. Yes, um, Jared's like, I learned... don't know what you're. I don't get it. <laughs> I'm we thinking about, about this when I. It was helps doing to my... see the picture. Yeah. Yeah. The, when I was doing my Six Sigma training, this was also part of it. We talked about this and the Challenger <laughs> disaster. I'm not laughing about the Challenger disaster. Yeah, I'm, you were laughing I'm, before I said I'm laughing because Ruby put Craig Timber in all capital letters in one of my DMs. So, Yeah, that was a while ago. <laughs> all right, Discord questions. Nil asks, who do you think will be the Packers' leading receiver this week, and could a non-wide receiver end up seeing the most targets? If you combine the running backs, I think the two running backs see more targets. I think Amari leads the team in targets and Dubs Oof. leads the team in yards. That's my guess. That's, there you go. All right. Uh, totally not Matub says, "Hey no, guys, don't, totally it's not Matub It's don't do it. <laughs> this is like the uh, the Family Guy thing. I'm thinking of a word and it's not Kitty. <laughs> and after many guesses, <laughs> he says kidding. it was Kitty. <laughs> Loco Pabs says, "College football week one is finally done. Will the Packers have a stranger special team season than what we saw in week one? Iowa, San Diego State with more punts than points." LSU with a muffed punt, blocked field goal, and blocked extra point. North Carolina returning an onside kick for a touchdown. Incorrectly. He He didn't even mention the South Carolina State punter who ran for what looked like a first down and then panicked (laughs) and punted way beyond the line of scrimmage. That was so amazing. I I howled when I saw that video. I think you're the one who sent it to me. I did. I I was. He was was one yard short of a first down, but was seven yards past the line. (laughs) Incredible stuff. What a panic moment. Uh, will so the Packers good. have a stranger special team season than what we saw in week 17? I will remind people that they did not have a kick blocked all year, a punt blocked until the very bitter except, end. Except so. the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they did when it most mattered, but we were talking about like, yeah, they suck, but at least they haven't had a disastrous punt block yet. So um, I don't know if it was really that weird of a season. It was just a subpar season. And then, of course, it was disastrous at the end. Yeah. They had field goals blocked too. So uh, I think they'll be better. I think once you get starters and um, high level special teams players in coverage, they'll be okay. I think Basachi will matter. He's mattered before. I know they look bad in preseason, but I think that they will be all right and not have huge disasters. And I think this will firm it up and they'll be all right. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I know. I know. If, if not this year, then what is the. It's, it's almost like. It's, what can it's you a do? Curse. Yeah. There's nothing. You can't even. You can't even fire the owner. I mean, there's there's nothing to do, uh, but just accept that I you're. I mean, cursed. this is this is the most effort I have ever seen put in a special team. It for is for sure. It is for sure. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Deal, Packers owner. Did says, you get the other half of of Pab's question? Oh, uh, he also said over and under seven and a half games started by Mitch Trubisky this season. I'm taking the over. I'll go I'm over too. Um, I, I like Kenny Pickett. He is uh, Kebops likes Kenny Pickett, but uh, he. Did not throw the ball downfield once in the preseason, and uh, that's not a good thing to see. And Mitch played quite well, so I'll I'll take the over, too. 
the pro ball is bigger than the college ball, right? Yeah, it is. It's the I, hands. I, I know the hands. Yes, it's the hands. He has historically tiny hands. They're very like, small just, hands. It's not just small hands. It's historically small. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jonathan Deal, Packers owner. Because of the draft picks and money and staff put into the defense, consensus opinion is that the Packers should have an elite top five defense. Yeah. If they are only top 10, would that be a disappointment? No, also, I don't, that's how, not consensus because that's a very high ranking to achieve. And it, I think top 10 is more like the consensus of this talent they have. So it would be fine if they're top 10. It'd be good. It'd be great. Be top man, 10. If they're, if they're top five, I would lose my shit. Yeah. I mean, they're Super Bowl champs if they're top five. That means they've gotten very lucky with health and uh, they've had a few guys develop quickly. So that's that'd be great. Uh, also, how funny would it be if Mitch Trubisky had a better season than Justin Fields? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty funny. Look, it's man, not going to happen. Mike Tomlin think. is the king of making chicken salad out of chicken shit. Yeah. Somehow he's going to take that roster and he's going to win nine or ten games. Like Mitch, just... Mitch on not the Bears might be okay. He played in he played well in small sample sizes in Buffalo, and um, it's possible that he is decent. I don't think he's good. I don't think he's great, but he might be average. And Justin Fields, I think, is a good prospect, but uh, he plays on a team with six other professional players and probably is going to get his brains beaten in a lot. So um, it's almost predictable, but still funny. So I agree with you. It, it will be quite funny. All right, that's it. That's yeah, all the questions done. we got. Woo. Um, Woo. Uh, the Brewers are not quite done yet, so that's good. All right. Mm -hmm. um, so before, before we go, as, as per usual, JR, anything to plug? Well, I've been formulating a list of the worst Brewers losses in 2022 in my head. It's an ever-evolving, it is an ever-evolving living document in my brain, and there are so many games on this hope, list. Hope and you're taking notes right now. I really feel like this could be number one if they lose this game, which I really feel like they're going to. But honestly, I don't even know. I, you know, I don't know. You try, you try to convince yourself of of two things at the same time one of your brain your party brain wants to believe that it's over in like august 1st you know they, they're playing badly yep, it, yep. it's over even if they're even if they're in first place you're like they're never going to do anything and then the, the other part of your brain acknowledges that you know they could they could they could be bad for the majority of the season and still be in it with like a week to go you yep. never get any finality in the game of baseball so it's just a, it's just a little a little bit of a fight consequent you know constantly battling the the dual minds there uh what have i got coming up not a whole lot at jsonline.com that isn't related to um to the packers we've had a few things lately like just basic stuff looking at players on other rosters there's a lot of surprising names Tabor pepper still in the league former packer so uh there's okay. a lot of a uh, lot of fun ones wisconsin guys as well there's a lot of wisconsin players in the league right now there really are uh, uh looked at the national writers their projections um constantly following injuries transactions that sort of thing obviously we'll have a ton of coverage i mean there's this is the first game of the year so uh js online will be all over it in minnesota and uh if you don't already subscribe to the green 19 podcast with my colleagues uh, tom silverstein cassidy hill and ryan wood they do a good job recapping they, they come out twice a week kind of once coming into the game and once coming out of it so a lot of good information there as well so uh so yeah it's uh it's packer season baby let's go Sweet. How about you, Matt? Uh, I'm just going to plug Brooks' book. Tyler Tyler Brook wrote a book. He did. Go buy it. Really good. <laughs> uh, science science to, of football. To add on to that a little bit more, it, he, The Science of Football, written by Tyler and Will Carroll, injury expert, as we all know, on Twitter. Um, and I got my copy today, so I started reading it today. And uh, you, go pick up a copy. It's really good. Tyler did a great job getting access to 
experts in all the various aspects of football that involve any kind of analytics or science at all, from uh, draft to injuries to play calling on offense and defense to analytics. Uh, I talked to Football Outsiders guys, PFF guys. He talked to Cantley Platt about Raz. There's a Raz card in the book. He talked to Justice, and he talked to me. I am actually somewhat surprisingly in the, in the the college scouting um, part of the book because um, a, a lot about Kebops and about um, Tyler Huntley. So um, it's it's very good. It's a great read on all the advances that have occurred in football over the last, I'd say, like decade or so. Um, and it's it's really well done. So go check out Tyler's book. Uh, you can get it at Amazon and a lot of other places. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll devote mine to that too. So maybe- Do you think Tyler has, has edited his own Wikipedia entry by now? Oh, we should check. I'm, yeah, well, he's, he's got to do better mark. than Ed Donatello. He does. He's got a check mark, so <laughs> so he should have one. Uh, but but uh, we will not wait to, uh, for the podcast to end for Matt to check that out. So uh, he doesn't. He doesn't have a Wikipedia. Page. I guess Tyler, we will. Tyler. Tyler, published author Tyler Brook needs a Wikipedia page. Absolutely does. Get to it. Apparently, yeah. there was an actor who retired when he died in 1943 <laughs> named Tyler. Brook. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> We need that disambiguation to kick in here. There's got to be more than one option for Tyler Brook. Everybody's got somebody. So. Uh, <laughs> don't. I don't. You know what? I'm I the guess... only Matt Matonich in the entire world. Hmm, good work. <laughs> I'm the lead singer of an Irish rock band, and sometimes he signs up for things using my email address. So uh, <laughs> anyway, that will do it for us at Reporting is Eligible. Uh, the mini pod will be out probably on Friday sometime, um, doing an even deeper dive into the the Vikings and what goes on behind the scenes there. Um, and uh, we'll be back next week to recap, win or lose or whatever else. Super Saiyan